in the final part three, Robert stumbles upon a group of men who help him heal in his life and the battle with his son and their ultimate redemption. Enjoy. Imagine a conscious contact with God so strong that no matter what you are doing or not doing, that no matter what your kids are up to or not up to, and that whether you've got the person of your dreams or they're just not cooperating, that you are happy, content, and at peace. A space where everyone else's thoughts, attitudes, and actions are beautiful and exactly as they are supposed to be. Well, this is the space where I like to play. My name is Misha Z, and this is today's Bitch Slap. Join me as I shed light on the thoughts, actions, and attitudes that are causing you pain, and we train our minds to go to the capital S inner self, the joy that is waiting for us, the God within. Another very cool thing that I thought that you had fallen into that we talked about was you had mentioned on the fly you'd fallen into this guys group for support. And and let's say it's outside of the traditional, you know, sober recovery group. You, you yeah, found yeah, some yeah. outside resources um, um, and <laughs> shit that dads have to go through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. No, so, and I, I'm glad ahead. you mentioned that because I think it is difficult as a man to have interpersonal relationships with other men. And yeah. for them to be real, I think um, most of those uh, dis, um, conversations tend to be topical or they're pointed on a, on something very specific. And it can be a sign. I, I would say I think our society perceives men as being weak if they cry or if they mm. share their feelings. Um, so I did fall into a group. Uh, it was a group of fathers that I met through uh, originally through Cub Scouts. And then as our kids grew up and went through Boy Scouts, they're all local here in the community where I live. And we just started having coffee um, once a month on the first Friday of a month. And it, and it was kind of like a networking. I mean, we, we all had some form of faith that we that we believed or that we followed mm. and so it was you know it was that and and yeah, topics nice. varied all the time and now we just and it's been 10 years now that we've been doing this and so mm. um we've all seen our kids grow up and we share our struggles and last year when i was going through all of this they were the first like group of people from a support standpoint that that i shared with and um you know it uh it was very powerful and the support that came from them was incredible. And so it, it just being like friends, but then getting deeper, um, mm. uh, it, it's, it's unique. I mean, I've, I've, so I've moved a couple of times in you know, my professional career, I've lived here in this community for 10 years. Prior to that, I was in the Chicago area for six, seven years. I was in Denver for three years. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay area. So I've done some moving around and sometimes it's hard to connect when you move a lot. Um, but even then, I think it's just hard to connect. I mean, I would see my wife join these clubs and do things and she was, had these touchy feely relationships and, you know, we just, men don't do that. And so we um, just sometimes don't do that. Do we? (laughs) We don't, don't, you know, and and it is what it is. It's not good or bad. It's just, it is what it is. So yeah, I think it's unique that I do have this group and, and we share a lot. I mean, 
you know, we help each other work on cars and we, you know, I got a delivery coming to my house. I need some extra muscle to come move mm. it into the backyard. Can you help me with that? You know, it's just, it's just everything that you would imagine in a, in a, in a, you know, a, a male re- relationship with our, our friendship. Um, but then to have this element of, of deeper uh, understanding and, uh, and support and things like that. And odd, you know, unfortunately we're, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that as parents, as dads, we all go through so much stuff in our life and we tend not to share it. And when yeah. you start to share it, here's this group, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, we all are suffering or our journeys all have these similar or elements that we could work with another and share on journeys that we probably wouldn't share with someone else because we're, mm. again, we're ashamed that we didn't do our parenting job right or, you know, for whatever reason it is, we just choose not to share. We keep it in and we're like, I'll, I'll get over it. It'll be okay. And when we do share and we do engage um, another father, it's great to get a different perspective. It really is. And that vulnerability is so powerful. I love to, I'm, you know, as we're talking, I'm just, I, again, that conversation, I was so struck um, about how the tools available to us as professional fathers um that are you know are trying to thrive have success have healthy families like i i was very struck by it that conversation where it was like all right there's community that 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 having that healthy community uh so let's call it healthy coping tools right so yeah yeah right outside of drinking outside of drugging outside of you know pills outside of all this stuff and so there are tools available to thrive when when things get wonky, right? Yeah, so yeah. and 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 I'd like, you know, you've got the of course recovery community. Now you've got sort of the normie community for those yep. outside of aren't familiar with recovery. We call those people normies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so any normies listening, God bless you. Um <laughs> But uh, and how powerful that is and not to discount it, because I think it's easy to get myopic in and sort of the 12 step group therapy mindset to be like, this is the only answer when in reality, like there is great support, love, connection, community available outside. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, So I was I was struck by that. I love it. I can tend to be an island myself. So that's why I. I, I always say it again, I can tend to be an island and try and figure it out myself or internalize it or think my way through it. And so I, I think there's... that's a very, I think that's a, a prominent male trait. And I think yeah. that's, we, we all suffer from that. I mean, I'll give an example. I mean, even within the meetings I hadn't shared for a year about all of my losses and what I was going through, I just I was in fear of it. And, yeah. um, you know, last week was incredible to share that to to have so much support coming in and even knowing it was the right thing to do and even having the avenue to do it and the safest possible place to be vulnerable, I still was reluctant to do it. Yeah. 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 Yes. And then we do it and it's like the freedom that comes from it and the love and support is, is quite amazing. Um, I wanted to make sure we touched on one other thing. Um, and that is the idea of uh, everyone has an opinion as far as being a parent and you've got challenging kids and 
You know, I, I'll tell you what I came across. It was a great tool for me. Um, somewhere along the line, I, I, this prayer was dropped into my life and I was like, God, how can I, I support your path for, you know, whatever for my son, setting aside my own selfish wants and desires, and then being open to the solutions to support their path. Right. And, and really being able to own what clearly the universe was saying is the best direction and then push away the outside opinion. So maybe you can talk to me about that quickly. Yeah, I, I, so let me start with, for me, I had no, I'm going to call it formal religion growing up. Um, so yeah. my spiritual journey and my religious journey is solely because of a 12 step program. So, okay. um, I was 10 years sober before I sought out, um, and I always call it formal religion just because, you know, we, I never went to church, but when I married yeah. my wife, who's a cradle Catholic, we chose to raise our children Catholic and we did that. And I participated in all of it, even though I was a normie in the Catholic church, cause I wasn't part of the team. And, um, and I had a calling late in sobriety and I went through RCIA, which is this incredible program as an adult where you, you become into the Catholic faith. And it's not like a seminar. It's, it was a, it's a year long commitment um, for the, the, the kids do it in their high school years. And it's a two year commitment, um, same amount of hours, you know, uh, anyway. So through that, when I started to pray, I, all, I was taught to never pray for things, but to, to pray, um, as you said, you know, pray for guidance or, um, you know, just, just tell me Service what to do or, or yeah, just grant, grant me strength, grant me, yeah. you know, guidance, humility, grace, yeah. and not to say, you know, Oh God, I need this, you know, please get me this job, you know, kind yeah. of thing. It, it was always like, Hey, just show me the path just take me on your path and help me be of service to you. Um, and so it was interesting because as I became Catholic and my wife was long Catholic, not that we would have arguments or discussions around praying, but yeah. I, I was very particular that I never like people are like, Oh, you know, can you pray for me? And I'd be like, sure. But I wasn't like, like, Oh, you're sick. Let me pray that you'll get healthy. Yes. Um, I mean, I hate to say that may not be God's path. I assume it is, but yeah. that's just a simple example. It's like, I'm going to pray for God's plan for, for you. And that, so that's always been in all of my prayers, that peace. Now I, I, I do thank God every night for keeping me sober. Um, yeah. And when people ask me how I did it, I take zero ownership. I, I mean, this is all divine. It was all given to me the ability to become sober. And all I did was just follow God's path on a daily basis. Yeah. I didn't do anything. I mean, that's what's so great about sobriety. It's like, we don't achieve anything. We can say, look, I did something by not doing something by not drinking, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the massive cop out. It's like, you know, look what I've done. Uh, no, wait, what have I, what, look what I've not done for 15 years. So yeah. um, anyway, so what you said to me, just, it, it speaks to that, that I, I, am very careful to not put myself in any position of power or knowledge or thought of of my will and i know there's a line or thy will not mine be 
be done. Yeah. And um, that is so, you know, so I, I am a big believer in the long version of the serenity prayer. Um, you know, I, we always say the short version, but my sponsor taught me early on is like, you know, there's a long version of that. And uh, um, I don't pray it every day like I used to in my early sobriety, but it is yeah. still a big part of my life. And it speaks to that. It speaks to, you know, not only do we not know what the hell's going on, we shouldn't even fool ourselves that we know what the hell is going on. I love we it. Should, we so should just good. be thankful that God is guiding us. And I know if I just wake up every day and I live in the moment and I just live the day, I'm pretty sure that from some divine method, I'm going to be shown what to do. And yeah. the moment I try to take anything back, I'm going to screw it up. So yeah. why, why even try? Just trust, yeah. just trust. And just trust. And it's worked really, really well. I, I have no, um, I have nothing. I don't think I've missed out on I'll, just backing up what I like about the long version of the serenity prayer is it mentions to be reasonably happy in this life. And that also yeah. was key for me getting rid of the highs and lows, just reasonably happy. It's like, my goal is just to be reasonably happy. And, <laughs> Ain't and, wrong and, with that. and the best part is like, you're happy. Okay. It's like, life doesn't need to be these Instagram moments and all these things. It's like reasonably happy is awesome. I it's mean, it's awesome. truly awesome. And yeah. to be able to teach our kids that too. That's awesome. That's what so, a gift. What a yeah. gift. Um, that the list that you, uh, texted me did do you feel like you you hit enough of those points or i do this is kind of like the last wrap up like the rapid fire part of it so i just wanted to share these because i think they're they're important some of these i've learned early on and some of them are a little more recent so i i broke this into a couple like some categories so like for for other husbands or for other spouses to understand that love is a verb this is something i learned early on in in Mm -hmm. retrovi that i mentioned and that's really important because people think of love as this feeling or, you know, it's like, you know, I'm going to love someone, but love is a verb. Love is something you do to your spouse and not in that sense, in the sense of, you know, bringing her coffee when she's on a Zoom call or, you know, just doing things that you know that she wants you to do without asking, without pointing them out and going, look, I did this thing you wanted me to do. Just, just behave as though you love someone. And not expecting anything in return. Just remember, love is love. a verb. Just act on it. Just love, love your, love your partner. Um, and then for for dads, I said, you know, connect with your kids at their level. And this this occurs through their entire life. So when my kids were really, I had a, a neighbor who um, brought together some dads early on um, and just said, I, I want advice. I consider you my like my band of merry men. Give me advice as a parent what I should do. And my advice, because this guy was huge, he was like six six or something. I like connect with your kids at your level. And he goes, well, What does that mean? It's like, okay, your son now is like, you know, just learn to walk. I said, when you hug your child, don't pick him up and hug him. Get on your knees, look him in the eye and hug him. Mm-hmm. And always look, work with them at their level. And that also means physically. So as they grow, then you go from your knees to kneeling to then you can stand. And like my son, all my sons, you're like, so my my one son, he's taller than me, and I have to like get on my tippy toes to hug him. So now it went <laughs> the other way. But um, you know, and then also emotionally and um, academically with them to always connect with them. I always watch cartoons with my kids. I know 
all the names of the SpongeBob characters. I knew yeah. all the names of my kids' stuffed animals. I mean, it was just important to me. I always lived, was in their life at their level at that time in their life. So mm, don't beautiful. ever think your job or whatever you do is too important to talk spootsy bootsy with your kids or anything like that. <laughs> because that's part of being a dad for me. And I really enjoy that. And I have a great and now today it's like knowing all the, the, the cool memes, you know, so I can communicate yeah. with my older kids through, through memes and through little colloquial social media catchphrases that, you know, are, are funny. Um, so there's that piece. And then for, for sons and I, and I added this in because of my, my, my dad retired and he moved close to me and I realized I had to parent up. I had to now be the parent of my parents. And that was really hard for me. I mean, I, I, you know, it, it, it was a whole different view. And so I had heard in a meeting about praying to be like, I used to always like, you know, give me strength to be a better father, give me strength to be a better husband. And I would then pray, give me strength to be a better son. And that was so I could, you know, take care of my dad and take care of my mom. And, mm. and I think that's important that as we do shift from being the parent of our uh, or the son of our parents and we become their parents um, that, 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 so I added visit or call your mom and dad as much as possible because they, mm. you know, they love to hear from us. And, and again, as much as possible, I mean, depending on strained relationships and things yes. like that. But yes. when my mom and dad lived here, it was awesome. I loved so much to go visit them. And now my mom, she's super healthy. She's in a home and she's mingling with everyone. And I get to call her all the time and talk to mm. her and, know it's just great i just love it so um that's important uh, to do that um and then i said for acceptance um live live the serenity prayer and this goes to your your uh spirituality it goes to your life it goes to your recovery you know the you know truly understanding what we have control over and not fighting that i mean because that's what i love about the serenity prayer the wisdom to know the difference mm. that's the hardest part of it I mean, yes. we can all have the serenity to let go of things, but sometimes we struggle with the wisdom to know the difference and wisdom, yes. you know, the key part of wisdom is experience. So as you get older and as we get more experienced, we have a better sense of what we need to accept and what we need to change. So, um, so live, live the serenity prayer. And then I, I, um, you know, for me, the one that works for me the most is if we were to live, we have to be free of anger. This is my favorite part. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. These things are poison. Mm -hmm. And I use that often because sometimes um, with my spouse, she gets worked up around things in the neighborhood that happen and she wants to have justice and fix things or, you know, which is fine. And I sometimes get pulled into it, but I have to recognize that I can't, I can't do that. It's not the grouch and the brainstorm. I just, I just have to let go of it. I just, can't worry yes. about those things so yes. I, I support you in your battles my dear wife but i'm not i can't be a part of it and then the last thing i'm going to end with on this bonus round is um you know like the overall humility uh, i saw this the other day and i and i it came back up again on on my social media feed which was a sign that just said you're never too important to be nice to people mm-hmm. um i travel a lot for work i haven't obviously in the last year and in my travels you interface with so many levels of people, whether they're the cashier or they manage the decks at the uh, hotel or it's the pilot or, you know, there's all these people and they all have like 
they're all awesome, you know, and there's no reason to ever be curt or mean or not pleasant. And I think that's the key is just not pleasant. Why not just smile all the time and meet the, like your kids, meet them at their level. Um, and, and, you know, sure. And I use traveling because there are times that traveling just sucks and it's no one's fault. It just is what it is. And the, and the best thing you could do is just to always thank people and assure them that they're doing a great job. Um, I love it when I run into like a trainee or someone like that. I'm just like, Hey, you're doing great. It's your first day on the job. It's like, don't worry. <laughs> Things will be yeah. really good. You know, just set them in. Yeah. And, uh, uh, be supportive. And, yeah. Be supportive. And we've, you know, you're just, you're never too important to, to, you know, to not to be nice to people. So, um, and, I, and my last example of this is the other day I was driving, someone like flew past me and it got me all worked up. And I was in that headspace of thinking, and I was trying to use my DBT skills. And I finally was able to do some mindfulness and let it go later the day, similar kind of occurrence. Someone was coming out of the parking lot the wrong way, and they just the simple courtesy way. And they're like, oh, the courtesy yeah, way. It's like, God, yeah. I love that. And yeah. Knowing, knowing the powder, the power of someone saying, oh, sorry, I screwed up, you know? And yeah. it was like, totally cool. No it's problem. It's all good. But yeah. it's amazing when there's no courtesy way, if you just go to the, like, ah. Uh, so I, 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 you know, recognize that. And so the courtesy way of the smiling, the engaging people as you travel, mm. wherever you go all the time, is so important. Don't ever put yourself in a place where you think you're better than anyone else because it's just, mm. you got to ruin someone's day and we need mm. more happiness in this planet. I love it. That's beautiful. I, you know what? I, I thought we were going to be done, but I would be remiss if we didn't at least touch on and I cut you off when you were going to talk about it. But when you're, you and your son were having your hardest moment, moments, mm-hmm. and your and your wife and the family, and then doing the um, the wilderness, therapy. the wilderness, the wilderness therapy, and so I guess that when you say, "Oh yeah, I went to wilderness wilderness therapy," it's not quite that easy. So why don't you just <laughs> maybe give me? The two days before, <laughs> yeah, then, or uh, or the seventeen years before. So yeah, and I'm I'm gonna also start with this. I have a really close friend who had evoked the wilderness therapy um, uh, event with his son, and when he yes. was telling me about it, I was like, like, what is wrong with you? I mean, honestly, and I feel so guilty for that because yes. I talked with him about it, but it just was like like really like you couldn't work it out um yes so again and that haunts me and so this was things were escalating my you know the police had been at our house my son was you know slightly physical with my wife like shoved her one time and um you know nothing was getting done schoolwork there was vandalism in the neighborhood there was And I remember one time being so vulnerable with him, going and lying down next to him in his bed and just lying there with him. We were both staring at the ceiling and just saying, listen, it's like, I've been through struggles. I know you're struggling. It's like, just what I'm here for you. Let's, you know, I, I, I just want to listen. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to yell anymore. It's like, I'm getting tired of that. I want to guide you, but you know, you just, let's work together on this. And I, I remember crying. I mean, it was just like, like I just poured my guts out. I was super vulnerable. You know what his response was? What's Are you that? done? 
Oh, you don't. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I, I was like, oh, oh God. And my wife was sitting there and she was like, oh my God. It's like, it's, but I know I've learned that he listened and absorbed all of that. He just wasn't, couldn't like respond, you know? Yes. And yes. That's okay. And, then, and how oftentimes have I been in that space as an yeah. adult man? Someone, a, a, a wife or an ex is pouring out their soul to me. And I, all I need to do is hug, engage. Uh, and I'm just like in the. Yep. And you're just like, uh, okay, you done yet? Or are you yeah. over? Or, or oh. you know, I didn't cause any of that. That's all on you kind of thing. Yeah. You know? So, so we were at a point where I, my wife and I were both on the fence. Like we were going back and forth on. Should we do this? Should we not? So basically wilderness therapy is living off the land or well, living in an environment that is you're literally backpacking for 90 days and every day you're doing group therapy. They bring food in, but all the kids are self-sufficient. They're all working together, a group of about 10, cooking their own food, going through intense therapy, doing all this stuff. Basically, they strip them of everything other than food, clothing and shelter. And yes. when they're down to just that, where they need to like do these things to survive. And I'll tell you, he left here in November and went to the Utah desert and it was snow on the ground and it was cold, like freezing, mm-hmm. freezing cold. He, you know, two, it was just before Thanksgiving. So he spent, you know, Thanksgiving in the desert and Christmas. And we communicated through letter writing once a week. Um, we did finally get to go see him um, a little more than halfway through. And we spent the night with him. He, he made us camp and we slept, <laughs> you know, in the snow. It was 10 degrees it, and we, they provided us with all the gear and everything. Um, but it was amazing. I mean, the amount of emotion that was in me and to be able to speak openly and I mean, it was just, it was incredible. And he grew so much. And yeah. you know, to see him hug my wife and for them to talk and it not to be contentious, it was, it was incredible. It was, I mean, it was a gift. It was a gift from yeah. God. Absolutely. So that, that is what wilderness is. And leading up to that, we went back and forth. And finally, when we needed to get him there, we were worried for our safety and his safety. And we had to actually hire, um, a couple guys to come out <laughs> yeah, and, and transport them and that, you know, you, you worry about that. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he jokes about it now, but you know, 3am we walked yeah. in his room and woke him up and they got him up and uh, drove him to the airport, got on a plane. I mean, he literally was rousted in the middle of the night and, um, escort escort yeah, services escorted. i think yeah. you called it and and left with the shirt on his back they're like we got everything you need at camp and we need and that i remember that was if anything was funny was as we were describing to him what he's like well what do i need and they're like you don't need anything we're going to equip you with everything and and i had been told it's like yeah you're going to get a backpack and a sleeping bag and all that and, and you're going to keep it all he's like it was like, oh, that's awesome, man. That's dope. I get like all this new camping gear. <laughs> <laughs> he was happy about that. And he still has all his camping gear today. So, um, but that was, um, I would say at that moment in my life, that was the hardest decision as a parent, as a father that I ever had to make. And, and even as I made that decision, 
my wife and I went back and forth and we both like fought with one another. Like, mm-hmm. like she would take on, we got to do this. And I would be like, well, maybe if we just double down and we hug him more, you know? And then I was like, fuck it. He's out of here, man. My wife's like, oh, do you really <laughs> want to do this? And there were a couple events in that last 48 hours that were truly divine between the program actually opening up and being able to communicate with someone who had gone to the program and talking to them and it just like fell into our lap and the transport service came available. And uh, so we were like, this is God calling. We're going to do this. And uh, again, at that moment and even all the way through it, you know, I, w- I was just in fear that I had made the wrong decision. I know mm-hmm. now it was the right decision. And so, um, and that's one of those things that we talked about. It's like, how do you pray for that? And all you can do is just ask for God's will and God's strength and his grace and just accept and um, know at the moment it was the right thing to do. And it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Especially when outside opinions are coming at you, I think from other parents or what have you. Yeah. And, And I would add again, every situation is unique. And so unless you truly know your spouse, your family, your son, your daughter, you are the best equipped to make that decision. Sure, you can seek advice, but you know, um, I think it's key that what you said there is there was a lot of, well, have you tried this? And what about this and this? And you know, too much social media, or maybe he's taking drugs, or is it a problem yeah. with a girlfriend? And you know, we've had a really structured household. There's like all of our kids, we never had any, and I don't know why, we've never really had any issues with with drugs or alcohol. Um, I probably scared them to death because I told them my story when they turned 13. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, there was like all the things that people say, these are the contributors to this type of behavior. None of those existed and still don't exist today. So yeah, um, make the decision for your family, for your kids, from your heart, I, from God. It's beautiful. I think that, um, that, uh, you know what, uh, Robert, thank you for uh, being so vulnerable, sharing your experience, strength and hope as a, as a father, husband with four kids and, and such a beautiful gamut of experience. Um, if people want to reach out to you via email, maybe they feel like they could use some help or direction. Uh, that's okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to put my email um, when you post the podcast, that would, that would be fine. Okay. Fantastic. Um, Thank you so much. I am going to hit stop and then we can say goodbye. Okay. Okay. Hold on one second here. I'm going to hit end recording. Stop. And there you have it. The end of part three, the end of the three part series with Robert, who so graciously shared his experience with his family so that we can learn, heal and grow ourselves. Thank you, thank you, thank you for spending time with me today. As someone who is committed to growth and service to this world, I so appreciate your willingness to come with me, go within, and serve our world through change. If you found value in this podcast and you know someone who can use this message, share this episode with them. Share it so our mission can be achieved one episode at a time. And of course, subscribe so you can hear more. And lastly, for more resources on what has helped me on my journey and can help you on yours, go to belove.media forward slash resources. That's B-E-L-O-V-E dot media 
forward slash resources. Thank you again for listening.